0: Welcome back to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And a couple of quick reminders here. First, we are in the process of wrapping up our big new Winter Buyer's Guide. And if you would like to be sent a print copy of the guide and get access to all of our Blister content and get personalized gear recommendations from us and get exclusive deals on gear, then you definitely should become a Blister member, you know, for like those four reasons I just outlined. We'll include a link in the show notes to this episode for you to check out, or you can go to the navigation bar on our website where it says become a Blister member. You can sign up there. You can get a lot more information. Go check it out. Now, another thing, registration is now open for our Blister Summit, which is taking place in February 2022. And if you don't already know what this is, then you should definitely click on that link in the show notes to this episode. All right, third thing, over on our Gear 30 podcast this week, Matt Manzer is back on. It's kind of an epic episode. We go Once again, way down the rabbit hole on ski boots, there was a bit of whiskey involved, which a number of you actually have written in to say we need more whiskey consumption to be happening when Manzer and me get together. So those of you who feel that way, I promise you, you're in luck. And for all the rest of you, I don't know, I'm sorry. Anyway, it's a fun one, you're going to learn a lot if you check out the episode and can handle the two of us but that's this week on gear 30 that'll drop friday so subscribe to gear 30 if you aren't already a subscriber but let's now talk about this present conversation that we've got for you today and really our primary question here is how does a ski bum well a snowboard bum go from starring in the beloved movie gnar you know, Gaffney's Numerical Assessment of Radness, to running for mayor. And why would somebody do this? Well, to get some answers, we caught up with Spencer Cordovano yesterday afternoon. And while we aren't here to endorse a particular candidate in this election, we will leave that up to the residents of Ketchum, Our hope here is that by sharing Spencer's story that we might inspire more people who are passionate skiers and riders to get more educated and more involved in local politics. So, in this conversation, you're going to get to hear how Spencer went from shredding BN runs in the movie Gnar to working to mobilize a certain constituency and demographic to make the mountain town he lives in and the community he loves even better. And so, let's get to it. Well, Spence, welcome to the Blister Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. This is this is cool. I'm psyched. Well, Spence, to get us started here, why don't you just tell people what it is you're up to at the moment?
1: Well, Jonathan, I've been thinking about, I've had this crazy idea for about a year, and I've had some paperwork filled out for like two months, and the deadline was earlier this month, and I am running for mayor of Ketchum. I'm a local in Ketchum. I grew up my whole life there, and I have thrown my name in the hat to be the mayor of Ketchum. And the election is in about a month on the dot here on November
0: 2nd. One of the things that we have been talking about in this like Mountain Town economics series we've been running, you know, it's come up multiple times because it's 100% necessary, right? We've been talking a lot about participatory government and the need for frankly, you know, us ski bums and snowboard bums to like, not only care about what conditions are like on the mountain, but like what's actually happening in these communities. Right. And, you know, I thought this would be a particularly interesting conversation to kind of work through this with you, you know, sort of what led you to this point, talk about your background and, you know, maybe provide a bit of a blueprint, and be an example for I think a whole lot of us out there who are like, I don't know, man, we just like to ski politics isn't really our bag. Frankly, it seems like that was very much your situation until you realized maybe that shouldn't be my situation.
1: Totally. I've I've had a blast listening to your podcast. I've had a blast le- reading about all this mountain town stuff in the news lately. It's just like tip of the iceberg, like. Wall Street Journal, Times, you know, <laughs> Blister, let me pump you up there, um, Daily Beast, like everything you watch, Vice is like all this mountain town stuff, and 100%, dude, I am the sacrificial lamb, like, I am throwing away the most dreamy life, like, I'm a freelance city, I have a video business, F11 Films, I do some property management, and own some office rentals and them. And, um, I'm accountable to no one. Like I'm, I'm even single right now. And I just like hang with my buddies. I travel around the world filming stuff. I travel out of my van. And that's why I say I'm the sacrificial lamb is cause like I spent so long building that to be my life. And I'm 33 years old now, turned 34 this winter. And, I just couldn't take myself serious and keep doing that because I read the paper. I read the news. I traveled other mountain towns and I have to throw my name in the hat to do this. Like this is, it's so interesting because Ketchum is such a cool town and I like I, so many people there have my back and like my friends come into town and they're like, Jesus, I can't even walk through the streets with you. Like you have to stop and talk to everyone. And I was like, I love these people, like all these people, the old people, the young people, everybody, rich people, poor people like Ketchum is the spot. Like my life goal has been to live in Ketchum. And then it's getting to that point where it's like pretty unachievable market went crazy and you got to answer a lot of life's questions. And like I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. We'll just move to salmon. Like, we're gonna move to salmon. That's where all my raft guide buddies are going. There's good skiing at Lost Trail. What are this? And I was like, you know, no, like there's a chance to get in the
0: action here. So let's back this up. And I kind of wanna, you know, go through this trajectory here. And so let's start with your background on snow, right? Like you've 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 hinted a bit at this story, but but talk about that. I mean, you're in Ketchum right as a baby and when do you first start getting on snow and basically where I'm going with this is I want to talk about you being a baby in Ketchum getting on snow and eventually ending up in the movie NAR.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like I fully I couldn't think of like a worse jump off platform for a political campaign than the game of Gnar but like that's where we are that's what we're doing and like I'm not afraid of it at all it's totally cool um you know, so my family moved out to Idaho when we were nine months old, and we lived down in Haley, and I was in the public system. But, like, when when we started in middle school, that's when all the Ketchum kids came to Haley, and that's when we really started hanging out in Ketchum, and our first skate park was in Ketchum. So we spent a ton of time in Ketchum back then, and now I live in Ketchum. I live at the base of Warm Springs, and it's like the most loked out spot to be a skier border like warm springs where all the fastest nastiest guys hang out it's no frills 28 degrees 3,500 feet of drop like we haul ass in warm springs and that's what's up and that's what drives that's what drives the people like people are not there to float around like it's shady it's scary it's fast over there so i've been going to warm springs as a member of the sun valley snowboard team my whole life and like Sun Valley's a huge ski town. Like we've had so we have so much Olympic history there from Gretchen to Caitlin winning in 14 to my boy Chase Josie, who's up um, going for this year's games as well. So from the time I was in like sixth grade, I've been going to Warm Springs to snowboard. Actually, the building that I live in right now, I went to a pilot school program where we went to weight training early with the football team in the morning, got out of school and did remote learning class there. So either way, we were we were pretty serious about the competing thing in high school and all that. And then we moved on and I got a deal to go out to college in Lake Tahoe at Sierra Nevada College, which is now Sierra Nevada University. And like my first time at Palisades Tahoe was my snowboard coach takes me up there. He's like, dude, you got to come check out Squaw. And I'm like, okay. So I come, I sit on the chairlift and we're going over the fingers. And I'm like, I'm like laughing. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like I can scout this cliff line right off the base chair. I was like, I'm about it's pow. I was like, I'm about to send that right now. So I go back down, I spot my line and I jump off the ring finger and I just jumped off. it, And I was like, oh my God. Like three, four, roll down the windows. I was like, whoa, that's a huge cliff. No wonder it was still fresh. And I land there and poof. So like. My love for Palisades Tahoe was solidified at that time. And what came from there was, like, everything. Like, the game of NAR is my 15 minutes of fame. 100%. <laughs> it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. Being, like, meeting um, George and... Greg and Cody out in Squaw, like Tahoe is a big place and like everyone was from other places but like you went and hung out with those guys and you say hi to families in the lift line like Jamie Blair and these guys and like Greg Martin like all these guys so then I get in with like the Gaffneys and we're doing the unofficial networks it's just taken off and they've got this mansion over there in and I'm like Yo, I need to sleep on your couch. Like, I don't even have gas money really to go to and fro. But if I didn't live at school, I wasn't gonna go to school. Like, I needed, if I lived at Squaw, I was never gonna be there. So I started hanging out at the unofficial house and, like, I don't even, there's so many stories. So we come over for the NAR interview and I'm like oh, like, oh, man, I'm gonna be late. Like, I wear a collared shirt. This boom, they lock us in a garage with a keg. For like two, three, four hours, so like I walk out like you know a little tipsy as twenty two year old college student, and I just walk in i 'm just looking at like Grant and Sherry and Gaffney in the robe. I'm like, what am I going to tell these guys? <laughs> and so I just start BSing. Like, that's, that's just what I do. I just start BSing. I'm like, I, I, lo- like, I, lo- I just get into the game of R. So whatever. The game of Nar happens. We get kicked out of Squaw two days later. And we go on this road trip. And then also, I just have to claim, like... So NAR is Gaffney's numerical assessment of radness. Shane McConkie wrote it's a downhill squallywood the book is a downhill climbing guide to squat it's how to descend big cliff lines properly and score them but the more of a jackass that you are while well, you do it the more points you make and realistically it's not about being a jackass it's like about really owning it and testing how good you are you're like oh you think you're cool you're gonna jump that cliff okay we'll stop Wave to everyone and make sure they are watching you when you go to do it. And so it's like, oh, you think you're cool? Well, prove it double because we can all jump that. But can you really do it and make everyone or like stopping in the middle of the line to call your mom? Like, thank God I had a cell phone by then. Um, because like my mom's just like what she's just like honey you're always doing this stuff like hang <laughs> up and ride out of there I'm like whatever so that was just like NAR was the best time ever I have to claim that realistically I won the game of NAR. Wow. I was not awarded the suitcase of cash but when we got kicked out on the second day I was the only one that signed up on the internet through a fake name. The administration didn't cross-reference my pass and turn it off, and everybody else got their passes turned off. And I was like, so, boys, Ralph, Tim, uh, what do you know? Like, uh, I could use that dough. And they're like, nope, road trip. I was like, sweet, that'll be fun. So then we went around the West and played Nar everywhere, and we even ended up in AK over it and... What a, yeah, it's totally my 15 minutes of fame. It's a cult classic. You should definitely check it out. Please don't judge me. But if you were going to take anything away from it, it's like, hey, this is a game. This is a tally system. We're committed. We know how to play within the rules. We know how to do the thing. But I'll never forget at the, (laughs) more stories I shouldn't tell. I'll never forget at the premiere, we were at Alpine Meadows and the DVD screen is just like, Me going down one of the top shoots in the Palisades totally without clothes. It was a BN and it's like a self cam GoPro looking back at me and my leg covers everything up fine. And I'm like, yo, so Hey Scott, like you think you're going to press play on the movie pretty soon here? He's like, no, no, probably an hour, like hour turns into three that I'm just up there. I'm like, Oh my God, press play. Let's do this thing already. But like, Shout out to all the boys, everybody. Oh, my God. Like Mumford taking off with Pit Viper. Him and I were just like parked in pole position with our bands like, yo, you know this place well? I'm like, nah, you?
0: He's like, no. I was like, we should hang out. It's like, cool. <laughs> Let's do this. I actually rewatched NAR before we were talking today because I was just like, you know, I haven't actually watched it in a while. That was a fun trip. One of my primary takeaways is Cody Townsend looks like a tiny little baby in that film. It's like clean cut, cute little tiny Cody. That's that. I was like, holy cow. I mean, now he's, you know, handsome, rugged Cody. I don't mean to sound like, you know, the guy looks like trash or anything. That's, that's up to, you know, that's beauty in the eye is in the eye of the beholder type of stuff. But yeah, I was like, man, Cody, you look young. It has been a decade. Yeah, it has been a decade. And, you know, I think the thing I found myself thinking about was, I think this actually is, part of the thing I was interested in sort of running by you, you know, cause again, I think there'll be some people that are like, wait, what this dude who was in NAR is now like running for mayor. Like why should we take this seriously and all that kind of thing? But here's the deal. And I think that Chris Davenport, I had Chris Davenport on our gear 30 podcast and it was interesting. We're sitting there nerding out about gear and getting into like the weeds of like ski design and the rest. And He was talking about, he brought McConkie up a couple times. And I said to him, like, would Shane be into, like, this completely technical, nerded out, gear 30 conversation? And Chris's answer was, Shane would be the most into this. And here's where I'm going with this. On tape, on video, right, we got to see Shane being a complete comedian while also... really really technical stuff but i think it sometimes gets lost like oh well if i'm gonna kind of pay homage here i just lead my life like a total moron and it's like nah that's not that's not actually what shane was doing right and i kind of like this idea that like look when we're actually clicked in on the mountain this is time to just have fun and try to have the most fun But don't get that twisted to be like, but then we should be complete morons and imbeciles in the rest of our lives. You know what I mean? And I think when Gaffney in the film you know, is talking more like, we're just trying to make skiing more fun again. I'm all for it, right? When we're on the mountain, it should be the most fun all the time. But man, we need to be professionals in a lot of other walks of life. And we need to know what's going on in our communities or that stuff can get changed in ways that are not going to be beneficial or viewed as positive by a whole lot of people. I'm going to stop, but does that kind of make sense?
1: It, it totally is. It's totally it. Like, you know, people see your on-camera persona, they see the things you do, you know, the, nobody's like... Well, and, and the bottom line is, is, like, why is this important and why am I doing this? Is because these are all of our issues. And, like, what I'm, like, I have the school smarts to go sit in the office and I'm down to do it. But, like, these are all of our issues and we're going to bring a whole new constituent into the conversation. Like, this is happening all over America, all over the world in politics. But, like, as far as our ski towns concerned, too, like... We have a voice like you see all the films that are coming out, like everybody's stories post about housing. Everybody's doing this like people are realizing, oh, I have this huge voice through athletics, not necessarily me, but like people are realizing like I have this huge voice and I can stand for something outside shredding pow. And what people don't realize is like, you know, for guys like McConkie, like time in the gym. And like for guys like Cody and guys like Griff Post, like these dudes are mapping experts. Like, do you know how many map apps those guys have? Like they have all the hunting apps, they have all the satellite stuff. Like these dudes spend so much time on maps. They're probably like, I almost got my GIS cert in college. And I like, I'm like, these guys, you don't realize, like, just because they don't fit the mold or do that, these guys have a skill set that's so crazy out of this box on so many other things. Like I've seen Cody go through it. He, because Cody was my intro to you, I hit him up and was like, yo, pass me Jonathan's email. I got to chat with this guy because I've been enjoying your podcast so much and like found a lot of inspiration to run through a lot of this news that's happening now. And he like he came through on the fifty project just the other year and bummed a snowmobile trailer off me for the other day. And so like that's the whole mountain town vibe. That's the community. These guys just hit you up. They're like, yo, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing that. He's like, you want to come out to Castle Peak? I'm like, nah, no, dude, that sounds miserable. Like you guys are gonna go snowmobile twenty miles, hike for sleep in the cold, do all this stuff. I was like, like he's a mapping camping. Planning like this this is not this this is bigger than planning any investment banks little birthday party like in a straight lace manner. Like this is planning, logistics, mapping experts. So the skill sets that we learn through skiing and snowboarding are wild and they really do take you places. And on that note, all of this for everyone comes from being a creature of passion. Like I have two speeds. I'm either hundred and twelve percent. Or negative 25. I'm like doing something all the way, or I'm like not doing it. And so I'm just like, that's why I couldn't stop thinking about running for mayor. I couldn't, like a year. And now, like that, I did it. I'm so psyched to be in the race, especially with some of the other people that I've thrown their name in the hat. I'm like, wow, I'm so pumped. Like, I would have been kicking myself if I didn't do this because I'm so down to do it and I can play the game and the way to really make change is we're going to have to like play that game and the whole thing is is like some guy with a construction management degree or guy that knows the ways ins and out of the cities like that's not going to change things like we need creativity in the workplace that can function within those binds. Like I'm not going to go shred pal and like miss a bunch of emails, but like, I'm going to value that into my decision-making process very much so.
0: And again, I mean, I keep thinking about ideally lest we forget our elected officials ought to have the interests of the people who actually live in the place they represent that's what should be front of mind and in a place like Ketchum or in Crested Butte or wherever the trails the mountain biking the skiing the trail running etc., this matters so much right and so i think like as you're saying like yeah some emails need to be answered but to have elected officials who actually get and understand that a huge reason why many of the folks try to figure out how to live in some of these places is to be able to get on the mountain because it's their favorite thing about being a human, you know? I actually do think that that's relevant. And, I, and I'm and i not trying to elect people who only care about shredding POW but are pretty half-assed when it comes to, like, the hard work of legislation and the rest. But the whole thing, I think what we're saying is we want to say there should be both of those things. A 100%. And, like
1: you know i've been inspired we have a very young city council like kids i went to high school with are on city council um my buddy is the county accessor. like we need to take these positions and really manage it because that's how you do it you got to play that game to bring your perspective and people like we're not rep- we're not only representing ski bums and skiers and snowboarders like We're representing the fact that I have been inspired by people that come from this culture. And we want your kids to have this same opportunity because I am a ski town expert. I've been to more ski towns than anybody. I go to Jackson three, five times a year. I've been everywhere in Colorado. I've been to Italy. I've been to Switzerland. When I was 16, I went to Switzerland like I have seen this. This is my game. Like, I do very much have the right to inquire and talk about these things. And the way that we're going to do it is so differently. Really. Like, people are like, oh, why are you going to be the mayor? Are going to, like, walk old ladies across the street? Like, you want to film a video of you, like, picking up a bird? I was like, no. Like, what I'm going to do is talk to some of my homies that do data. And what we're going to do is look about this thing totally differently. Like people think being the mayor is going to be boring. Like, sure it is. But like being the mayor is a huge opportunity because Ketchum is not as far gone as every other ski town. Like, thank God for our little airport that has kept us small and like pre-pandemic Ketchum was four hours too far. Now people are like, hell yeah, I'm gonna drive that extra four hours. Like, I will drive there from Seattle. I don't care. Like, that's the kind of buffer that we need. And so we're not as far gone. Like, our property has been undervalued for quite a while. And like, luckily, some guys like myself and some of my other buddies got in a little bit before it happened. But like, everything's selling for inflated prices right now. But it ain't crazy, crazy. It's not, you know, median home price 900K, not 4 million like Jackson. And, or excuse me, like Aspen. Probably Jackson's about the same. But like, Ketchum has a huge chance to like lead a bigger conversation. Like, we have so many smart people in our town. Like, I have so many rich guys and girls' phone numbers, cell phone numbers. And like poor people's phone numbers that are both so smart. And like Ketchum is the pinnacle that Aspen used to be of like rubbing shoulders with elites and not knowing it. Like Ketchum still has that 125%. Like people don't judge each other there. People like want to be a good neighbor. And that's why we have this opportunity to really pioneer some new stuff with like building codes in general like people there would sit on boards of like forest foundations they sit on boards of banks they sit on boards of all this stuff and it's like hey guys how do we collaborate to make this happen together because like compostable toilets like what you know why aren't those accepted in city code like xyz reasons blah blah blah, blah. but we have people at the forefront of that like Idaho companies in Nampa are living are winning like huge awards from Washington, D.C. on tiny homes and developers are totally down. They're like, yo, how do we do that? Let's do that. And people always tell me I've always been good at putting people in rooms. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. I love to do that. I know this wide range of people and I have this wide range of opportunities. And my whole thing is, is like, I don't care if I'm wrong. None of me running for mayor has to do with me. Like I'm the sacrificial lamb. Like I've sac- I've cut my own head out, not off, and I'm bleeding at the stake in order for our town to prosper. So like I'm going to put people in the room that can solve these problems, and I've got enough intellect to drive the conversation, and I've got enough backbone to call BS on people. And that's what's not happening. People don't call BS. They're like, "Oh, this guy's a big dog." I'm like, I don't care. Like. I've had, I've called B- BS on big dogs and I've had big dogs call BS on me. And this is like, I'm the result of what you get from growing up in a community like Ketchum. Like Ketchum is a place that teaches you to own your actions and to be who you are, be it rich, be it poor, be it whatever. Like nobody cares. It's like be yourself, do your thing. So like if the people at Ketchum get stuck with me as their mayor, that's that's the constituent that we have created. Like, they build kids to own up and to show up and be their actions. Like, so I'm a product of that. Like, I will throw myself in the mix because that's what I was taught to do is, like, show up, care, and push yourself. And, yeah, you might have to throw away your dreamy little life of flying drones in Peru and staying for two extra weeks. But, like, I've got bigger stuff to do. I've got bigger stuff to talk about. I want to go to the bar. I want to shred pal. But like every chairlift ride, I don't need to sit there in silence. Like I do want to talk about issues and I do want to sit next to somebody new every time and hear what they're saying and get this stuff figured out.
0: So I want to talk a bit about workforce. And this is obviously a massive issue. Anybody who is spending any amount of time or who lives in a mountain town currently is probably experiencing and seeing this exact thing where restaurants are cutting back on hours, right? And they're having trouble staffing a number of businesses. And part of this gets back to the housing issue and this whole question of affordable housing and the availability of it. But I guess I would just be interested in hearing you speak to this it could be specifically as it relates to what you're seeing in Ketchum but what are your thoughts on this or what are you seeing and do you have ideas about how we make policies that would be beneficial to well the workforce and not seeing workforce shortages right like I could go all day on this and I'm
1: super psyched that you asked like I don't have a code number to reference that I'm mad at and be like, this is what we need to change P703 to say, and this is what we need to do there. Like there are people that are going to help me find that my homies on the city council, the people that are doing these jobs, city administrators that are doing this. And by the way, our like catch them staff is like looking really good right now. They brought in this guy from Boise who's super, well-known and renowned for getting stuff done. And we like, we have some big britches in the city right now. So all this is going to come on to a good team. The mayor is like a ceremonial leader. You know, it's like the mayor doesn't vote. I've got like the house is kind of like the PNZ board and the Senate's kind of like the city council. And maybe I'm dead wrong there, but like, that's where I'm going with this. And so like, this is huge. I, I'm i going to organize my thoughts on this, but like a guy like me who goes to college for free and moves home to his hometown should not have to limit themselves to like 60% of their potential just to get by. Like we need to make Sun Valley, Ketchum. Ketchum is not Sun Valley and it should not be a tourism agency because I'll tell you what happens here is like Smith Optics was invented in Ketchum. Scott sports used to be in Ketchum and the remote workers that are showing up in town. This is our opportunity to get back on the entrepreneurship platform and get away from tourism. Like, I'm so sick of all my friends having to work July 4th and Christmas to make the nut. I'm like, yo, let's go enjoy the <laughs> let's go enjoy the festivities for ourselves. Like, let's have real jobs and catch them. And like you can call me a dreamer too, and you can be like, well, you don't know about this and you don't know about this code, and this is why this ain't happening. It's like, yeah, whatever. I am gonna dream because I've manifested plenty of things and I know all the people to do it. And so like Here's a little story about a clothing company. My snowboard team coach growing up, my buddy Kenton, when I was like 12 years old, like we love this one snowboard team coach that we had. Like he was hilarious and we just always looked up to him. We were always grilling him, blah, 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 blah. 20 years later, his outdoor interest, the way he, hunts, fishes, camps, does everything is this impetus to start first light clothing. They were the first one to print camouflage on merino wool because he was sick of hunting and like this crappy hunting gear that had totally left a scent. So he partners with Robo, who is an old Scott sports product guy and knew all the product ins and outs and how to possess. So Robo knew all the products ins and outs and how to really produce and how to deal in other countries and what to have in the bank and how to move that stuff. And first light started in Ketchum, Idaho, 10 years later, just sold to a huge parent company for a bunch of cash. And these guys wrote in that they needed to keep offices in our town in the deal. And so like fact check me all you want on the Internet, but like bigger picture here, that's the culture, that's the community that we have. And it comes from like shredding pow. Like it straight up comes from shredding pow. This also gets into like how people live their lives. Like going up on the mountain straightens out your psyche. Getting exercise, being in nature grounds you. Like people in New York City are like zapping through this anxiety world of all this stuff and worried about shit they see on their phone and all these things. Like, no, we're getting straight and I'm not like total hippie with flowers in my hair here, but like like I'm pretty red. Like I grew up in Idaho, like I drive a Jeep and have a pistol and this stuff. But like I'm a full circle thinker, like going out in the woods straightens you out. And like the world is starting to win with the amount of water and pollution and stuff that's flying in the cities. Like it straightens out your psyche to be in these environments and Ketchum has an opportunity to really capitalize on that. And that's going to change the business world. Like we should be inventing apps there that solve not only like Airbnb rental problems and stuff, but like cultural differences. And that's where people go to collaborate. Who wants to go to a conference at the Hilton in blah, blah, blah town. Like, no, come to catch them, stay at one of our hotels, get out on the mountain, come to a conference, collaborate, invent, and create this community where now remote working, it doesn't matter where your office is. Like at all. Like we can do it over the phone. We can do it over Zoom. And it's this huge creativity spark of collaboration and our community is these thinkers that prefer to live there and do it that way. One more thing on that is like, it's funny because... We need this workforce very bad. Not only are they my direct friends. Like, I I know some of the richest dudes that do the craziest stuff, and I love hanging out with them. Like, we'll go fly planes, or we'll, like, go on hikes, or, like, go do gymnastics with some of these guys. But I also, like, some of my like illegal friends. Like there are the most valued members of my community. They're like for me to go over to my Argentinian neighbor's house and speak Spanish with the girls for a night and drink wine. Like that is the culture that we must keep in Ketchum. When we were little kids they are growing up at the skate park, we hung out with these Peruvian dudes who were way older, but they took us under their wing and like showed us crazy stuff. And Two of them went on to um, start a skateboard company, Chungordia, that's down in LA. And then one of their sisters just bought Sushi on Second in Ketchum, which is one of like the biggest businesses in Ketchum. So we like, we have this Peruvian base in town. We have all this workforce. So like, I'm talking everybody from the Peruvians to like $250,000 a year remote worker or earners. Because what has happened in the last two years is that Like people move back to Ketchum. A lot of my friends did. Like we've got coffee shops sprouting out started by my friends, art studios, flower businesses. Like more people have moved home to start businesses or to be remote workers than ever before. And it's so cool because we didn't have this 40 and under population. Like we really had the gray hairs and the J1s. So like everything that's happening in Ketchum right now, is super positive and we need to capitalize on it and we need to run with it right now. And it's funny because like the upper class gets so alienated from this conversation, but it's like, it really affects them more. Like I don't go out to dinner to a lot of these restaurants, but these restaurants are not open as much as they want to be because of the workforce. Like they're down to like, Four nights a week. And like, that's not going to make the nut. And a lot of the people that own these businesses don't live in Ketchum. So, like, I'm going to be the backbone. I'm going to be the voice for small business, for the workforce, because real estate's going off right now. Like, they could sell all their buildings for double. And that could be great. I'm all about local people getting out when there's a time. But what happens from there is you get a new person owning that business who has no value of community and they don't know. And a lot of them have bandwidth to buy another condo and put whoever in there. And then your workforce really degrades into not as good of neighbors. Like the value of living in Ketchum is not the price of your property, the value of living in Ketchum is being able to put your kid on ski team with coaches that have accolades at the Olympics again and again and again, it's being able to go down the middle fork with dudes that pioneered kayaking routes in the Himalayas. It's, it's this whole opportunity that somebody takes you to the top of a peak in the Sawtooth and their father was a guy who pioneered a route on Everest. Like, We need to take care of the workforce and meet in the middle here because it gets way worse from here. Like you're going to get some stoner dingbat on your boat, taking you down the middle fork and you're not going to be psyched. Like a lot of people choose lifestyle. Like my 401k has been cashed in non-fudiciary elements all over this world. When I get two days off in Zion and get to go hike out there, I'm like, boom, 401k day, right there, you know, like that's how we call it. And I just had, like, I'm a member of the community there very much. Like, people hooked me up when I was a kid and took me under their wing. I just had a um private school kid do a senior project with me, and we had a blast because, like, these kids are smart. And I'm like, he's like, well, and he's like, yeah, dude, like, I want to be a filmer, I want to do all this. And I'm like, you don't want to be a filmer, dude. I'm like, go invent an app, like go partner with some smart kids at college and make a bunch of dough and go skiing in your free time. But being a filmer is a great lifestyle. And like, yes, I'll teach you how to make a video. But he went off and made a video that's like about public lands and talks about stuff. So like this, this is the community that we have here. And everybody's got each other's back there. And I'm not like, I'm just talking about the bigger picture here. And I think the, the, the whole convo is just out of context. It's like, well, tax credits on this or tax credits on this. Or like, I don't think it should be, the brick shouldn't be red. They should be green. And it's just like, no, you guys, like, here's the bigger picture. Like, the global overview is that right there.
0: Something that's emerging from what you were just saying, but I think this could be taken from the... Conversations we've had kind of in this, that mountain town economic series is I really like this idea that when you were just talking about, you know, the value of living in Ketchum isn't the property values, it's the community itself. And I really think that this is an interesting thing that might be helpful for some people to consider. I'm more interested, far more interested in like. How is a person plugging into the community and contributing? That's a much more compelling indicator to me than like, how much do you earn in a given year? And if it's above a certain number, we're going to put you in the like black hat camp. Or if it's below a certain number, then it's like, well, you're too poor to matter. You know what I think? And I think sometimes when I hear Just some of the conversations taking place in the space, there's a bit of a vilification of some people based on earnings or sometimes a bit of dismissiveness based on lack of earnings. And I really, if nothing else, would like to get people thinking harder about, okay, well, that's just, that needs to go out the window right now. We need both, frankly, right? We need people that are making certain lifestyle decisions to be like, I absolutely am content waiting tables because it's given me a lot of free time to either be attending school right now, or you know, or all kinds of other scenarios related to that, right? Or they just want some more free time. They want to be able to piece out on days off and truly have days off. And it's a complex thing, but I think one of the things we can do, and I think this would be—you you can correct me if I'm misrepresenting you—but that's one of the things I hear you saying. It's like, and I love that you tied this back to actually. Our time on the mountain, which because I think that's 100% true, right? That's the great equalizer in a lot of ways. When you are stoked to go ride that chair and rip certain lines with your friend who is the bartender in town, and then the next chairlift, you hop on some the chair with some big wig in town, who cares? Who cares what the money's like, right? And I think this is a way that maybe... Those of us in outdoor sports or something, we have a different metric, a different vertical, right? If we just, you and I lived and worked in New York City, I'm not sure that our actual friend group runs up and down a a certain economic spectrum like probably my friend group does and your friend group does. Does that make any sense?
1: It, it totally does. And it's like, you know, I've been doing so much research with this, like so many things are interesting to me, like in Germany, they made it like in parts of Germany, they made it like whatever some article I mean, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm nervous to get into the fact checkers here, but like some article I read out of Germany or somewhere said like, hey, this company made it like illegal to email their workers on the weekend it's like, okay, so that's crazy. Like, don't email me on the weekend. Like when you come into something with a more settled mind, you can solve those problems. And like this world of all that is not it. But I think a lot of like, like the really affluent people, like they're totally chill. Like they're not, they're not interested in making money. They're like, first time I made money was the first time I quit thinking about making money. You know, it's like, how do you get a girlfriend? Well, you better not be going out trying to get a girlfriend. You just live your life, you're gonna end up with a girlfriend, you know? And these it's these like small-time capitalists that are like tooth and nail, and they're like, I'm climbing the ladder, I'm doing this, I'm jacking your rent, I'm doing this. And you're like, Cool, like that's cool. This is America. Do whatever the hell you want. That's cool. But like, it's interesting, like down in Hawaii, it's like, um, I don't know the total verbiage, but it's like the Hui card. It's like, you know, if you're like local, you get these discounts, you do these things. But like, how do you value that? And where does this conversation go? Because Ketchum's a place where all this can catch on. Like we have the coolest people there. Like people are so down to be poor or so down to be rich and just be a member of a community. Like straight up the amount of rides I got home when I was a kid, like before I had a cell phone, you know, like from whoever to wherever. doesn't matter and there's got to be a way to quantify it like the way we're working with data now is gnarly like the amount of input that data gives you into what people are doing and how they're doing it's like stuff i want to incorporate it's like well let's do a study these guys have been doing studies for 40 years i'm like boo forget that like i'll spend big money i don't care about spending money like not spending money is small time thinking But we need to do progressive stuff. Use data to really figure out where money's coming in, where money's coming out. On that note, and then I'm going to regress, like using data is going to figure out how and what we can tax that doesn't affect the locals. And like Idaho is a very red straight. It's very restrictive. And I'm not like a flaming liberal. Like I'm not trying to do this, but a government levies tax like in the most simplest form. That's what a government does. And we're going to increase our fiscal budget by levying a tax, like straight up. Like I'm halfway through Jenny's book that you recommended Jenny Stuber that um Aspen and the American Dream and like it's so great. It's like, well, what we realize here in Aspen is the uh locals run the government, the elections are in May and November. That's when only the peeps are here and we tax the shit out of vacationers and second homeowners. And like we can't do that in Idaho because some stuff needs to go through the state legislation. But it was just like so cool to read like okay Like, they ain't scared of it. They're like, we do it. And like, so the developers are going to be like, well, we don't, you know, we can't pay that. It's going to be restrictive. It's like, I dare you like find another town that's like this. Yeah, right. It's worth it. But the whole thing that we need to prove is that this tax goes somewhere. We're not just like taxing people to have five guys working on one pothole that one of my homies could have filmed in 10 minutes and moved on from like government city work. Like that drives me crazy too. thinking about that. So we need to make sure that like developers feel good about paying these taxes and visitors pay- feel good about it, that it really goes to something and changes because nobody cares about paying a tax when it goes to an efficient program. It's the five guys working around one pothole that drives everybody crazy. So forget that. But like quantifying your value in the community is very important. How we do that, what that looks like, I don't know. I've also had a blast following um, Dustin Barca's story out of Kauai. We've been chatting. I've got some links to his stuff on my website. And there's like there's really interesting stuff happening all over the globe. And I hope that people get out and get involved no matter what their cause is, no matter where they are, no matter if I lose or if I win, I don't care. Like throw yourself out there and get involved and do it in a positive manner. Like do it in a super positive manner because I'm getting a little off your question here, but I've got a story. There was a deed restricted housing build in Ketchum under Nina two mayors ago. And it just sold. And it sold to this guy and he jacked all the rents and a lot of the people moved out and infected a lot of Ketchum businesses. And homeboy got accosted on the street. Like people came up and were like, you're the guy... Uh, and I'm like booyah I'm like that's sweet that's what's up this is Ketchum Hawaii like have you ever gone surfing in Hawaii like I don't walk up in Hawaii and just surf like I sit back so when you're at the mountain you might want to sit back a little bit too because it's guys like me that are going to cut your ass in line and that are going to drop in and do stuff and like I'm so stoked this guy got accosted on the street and not in the wrong way like i will make it my problem just for saying that to bring him back to the table because everybody deserves a second chance it's like hey you got accosted because this matters and the lady at the title company had to explain to him that restaurants are open one less night a week because of this and people are sleeping in their cars because of this but I love that he got the bejesus scared out of him. And now I want to bring him back to the conversation and be like, listen, dude, this is why and how do you feel about that? And you know what? No, we do want you as a resident of Ketchum because you've made a huge investment here and you care. So like that is not positive at all. So I do love it, but it's not positive. So like, let's make it positive. And that's what I want to see people go out is like, So somebody had a sign at the workforce housing rally that said, like, I deserve to live here. And I'm like, yo, like, no, you don't. Like, nobody deserves anything. Like, this is land of the free home of the brave. And, like, that attitude ain't going to get you anywhere. Like, we need to all realize that we moved into a ski town and we are fighting an uphill battle. Like, I did not. I'm going to pay more than my friends pay on their mortgage and rent, and it's going to go nowhere for me. And like I signed up for that, I signed up for less career opportunities. I signed up for big rent and own it and look at it that way. Before you start talking like you deserve stuff, like you got to like be grateful for every day you get to live in a mountain town. Because yeah, stuff is changing a hundred percent.
0: Well, man, tell us. So when is this election? It's coming soon-ish.
1: Oh, yeah. This is totally happening now. Early voting starts in about two weeks. Absence fee ballots, early voting. But this is the classic November 2nd election.
0: And where is the best place for people to go to learn more about your campaign?
1: So my self-built well website is number 4 mayorcom Spencer on there. You can find a ton of political BS and jargon and all that and my platform and all that. But there's also some really cool pictures and really cool links. Go to the resources page. You're going to find a bunch of the blister podcasts on there. You're going to find stuff that vice news is doing. You're going to see stuff on wall street journal that they're covering and you will get my message on there. And my message is creativity. Community, collaboration, culture, like creativity. Like, let's look at things different. And I'm not being a dreamer. Like, we're going to work through the classic legislation of how this works, but like, let's be creative. Like, our values of nature and recreation, like the way we take care of our trailheads, which is not necessarily a city issue, but but every visitor stays in the city. So it is our responsibility to the trails to partner with the forest service increase signage and increase that and be creative. Like it's time for low water usage to become very real. This is not a hippie item like native landscaping and like more efficient fixtures and stormwater stuff. Like, these are huge. There is fat potential to make a ton of dough in the world in metropolises with solutions that we can work on and catch them because we have a small enough agenda and we've got a creative enough town. So, community like, I've been to so many ski towns that lost their community and like. I don't want to shit on any other ski towns right now by (laughs) calling them by name. But like when you come to Ketchum, you come for our local businesses. Like I don't care if that's Barry Peterson's jeweler and you're going to spend like 800 grand on a necklace. Like Barry is a local and he's a G and he has ski bums for friends. And like his creativity comes from being a Ketchumite for like 50 years. Go down to Mod's coffee shop that my skater buddy Jacob runs, like, and you will find all of Ketchum's fiction autos there, rich, poor, whatever, because we all drink coffee. And, like, you don't come to Ketchum to like Get a coffee like you get a coffee and you get some culture like our small businesses right across the street there. There's like this yard of all these like crazy ass Southern Idaho signs and cool stuff like the community of Ketchum is quirky. It's wild. It's Johnny G's sub shack like it is. That's what people want to visit. They want to visit small business And like small businesses are what make it unique. And that's what's on the verge of getting sold out unless somebody's protecting these people. And our current legislation is not. And like the community, once again, like the community is the fact that we have people that live in our town that have gone to the Olympics several times. And they're going to put your kid there. If shall be like, there's so many things that have to go right for your for someone to make it to the Olympics, you got to still want to by the time you're 75% of the way there, and then you got to be like in the room, like, like my buddy Chase Josie, like, he's he's in the top 10 going in, and like, from whatever happens here, happens here, like, you don't know, but like, he wants it, he's in the room, have the conversation, and so like the guiding and the outdoor opportunities and the businesses that we have are the backbone and the culture of our town. And like, I really don't wanna see it go like just blank face, like Ketchum has the potential too. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm running. It's like, my cell phone is blowing up. Like people are like, I'm in, what do you want me to do? Well, I tell everybody to do the same thing. Please call five people and talk to them. Figure out what their issues are. Totally have my back. Get get them to vote for me. But like figure out what's up with them. Get them involved because I don't care if I win. But I want people to be involved and I want the people to support a candidate that cares about their issues. And collaboration. Like I am in this to collaborate. Like I want to put people in rooms. I want... Like, I want you to, and Jenny to come back to catch him and have a combo. And like, you know, people that haven't listened, Jonathan came out and he stayed in hotels and like bounced through four different hotels on lower rates to make it financially feasible for him to not support a short term rental solution. And like. I want to collaborate. I will admit when I'm wrong. Like my ego is not in this. Like I, well, it's a little in this. It would be cool to be the mayor. You know, that's like, cool. Like, you know, but I'm not gonna be able to cut the ski line over it. You know, like I should be in ski school if I wanted to do that. But like, I will collaborate. We have so many cool people that come through catch and intelligent people and smart people like community, creativity, and collaboration to keep Ketchum's culture groovy. Like Ketchum is the spot. I love this place. I love all the people there and they love me back. And like, we're about to do this. Like, this is gonna go huge. This this is already giving me a voice here with you. And like people, I just hope that people hear this and get inspired. And I don't care if they support me or not, just get inspired about whatever their thing is. A hundred percent.
0: I love that. And that's what I want too. I really appreciated this conversation today because there are legions of skiers and snowboarders out there around the world, and you know i I don't think we have been the most politically engaged demographic out there, and I think you know people like you and the example you're setting right now. I hope there are a bunch of young people listening to this conversation and they're like, Oh, so I guess I can aspire to both be in a film like Nar, and have the best possible time on the mountain imaginable and also really care about this community and be plugged in and doing my best to make a difference in that community However, I'm best suited to do that. And I think that, you know, that's why I was really excited to kind of share your story because I do think that this is going to sort of flip a switch for a lot of people, you know, so um, best of luck with this campaign of yours. And frankly, even more than that, thanks for the example that you're setting right now. And I, I think you will in the work and this journey you're on right now, you're going to inspire a lot of people.
1: Certainly. It's It's crazy. Like people ask me like, Hey, you want to go on a trip in November? I'm like, dude, I can't talk about November right now. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm fully in this right now. It's this totally inspiring, passionate, uncertain thing that I'm doing. So thank you for hearing me out. Thank you for having me and putting me on that level. And I really like how you summed that up right there is like, people need to get involved and do what's important like if you're an energy expert like chairlift spend plenty of energy like you do your thing and let's all appreciate that we're skiers and snowboarders and hell even telemarkers and
0: even telemarkers yeah
1: big footers bring the boys in here like you know saucer boy for mayor at some point but like I'm super stoked we're doing this different because, like, politics is for funny people too. Politics is for everyone. Like, my shirts say, My mare shreds pow, catch him, Idaho. Like, I know how to market, I know how to build websites, we know how to make videos. And, like, we're kind of doing that to stick it to the man a little bit. Like, we have our own way of doing things. And, like, it's time to redefine the playing field.
0: Spence, thanks for the time. All the best, all the best to you. And, uh, I do plan on being back out and catch him this winter. So uh, I'm going to hit you up. I'll look you up and maybe we even uh, get to shred some pow together.
1: I think I think we will. Hit me up. I got a couch for you to stay on as long as the condo I'm living in doesn't get plowed by then. But if not, there's some good people catch them that are going to hook me up and rent local. I know it. All right, man. Thanks. This has been fun. Good luck. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Jonathan. I'm going to need it. Spence for mayor. Spencer for
0: mayor.com. Later. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. I want to say thanks to Spence for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And from all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again later this week over on our Off the Couch podcast, our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast. And then, yes, this Friday... It is Matt Manzer and me back on Gear 30. So that's what we've got in store for you this week. Subscribe also to the Blister Summit or become a Blister member if you haven't done that already. Again, we got lots of those links in the show notes to this episode. You can go check out and get in on everything we're up to. So that's all we've got for you today. Bye, everybody. Take care.